Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the WMIM podcast. This week I have Julio Lima on of Say It Loud. Say It Loud is an ad agency here in Orlando that do really interesting work. Not just ad work, but they have a full service studio for photography, film, you name it. So I've always wanted to like sit down and have a conversation about the beginning of Say It Loud and if this podcast sounds a little different, it's because it was the first one I've recorded remotely. I actually went to Say It Loud to record this one. I used my friend's Zoom recorder, and it was... I actually like it. I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was super simple, so... I mean, it's a pretty simple setup here, but... All it was was me, the recorder, my notes, and Julio, so that was pretty cool. Let's see what else was going on. Friday I was on WPRK 91.5 Rollins Radio on the State of the Scene show with two other podcasters. One is a traditional podcaster of scotch and good conversation. Peter, I'm not going to butcher his last name. And the other one was uh, web, I, guess, I don't know how you would describe it. It's a web podcast type thing where he plays Connect Four with the guests, which is really fun. And his name, or his company is Talent, Talented Productions. We kept getting that wrong on the, on the radio too. It was pretty funny. But uh, that was a fun conversation, so... Um, what else is going on? I I may have some weird things coming up. I don't know. As far as this podcast goes. Not weird, but like... Not something I ever thought I would do. So, that should be interesting. Um, I've been painting a lot. I have a show coming up at Barefoot Spa in a few weeks and I'm pretty fucking nervous about that work's been work so I mean I'm doing good but I am having ups and downs right now and if you know me you know that is something I fight with all the fucking time so it's been a interesting start to uh, April but I think I think I'll get through it no, I know I'll get through it. I just have to focus on that, you know? So, I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about. Sorry this is a day late. Again, I was trying to do something yesterday new for the podcast, and it wasn't working out, and I just got frustrated. And, I mean, why lie about it, right? So, but yeah, enjoy this conversation. I really did. It was... A really interesting conversation. I've always been interested in advertising and design for that matter. So I think you'll enjoy this as well. Yeah. So give it up for Julio Lima of Say It Loud. A tape of this quality deserves to be played in the most sophisticated system. I was a partner, a founding partner at Push, and uh, when we came up with that name, 
there was three partners and we didn't want like the typical like law firm right you know name with our last names <laughs> yeah. so we kind of made it a challenge to to come up with a, a cool short name that kind of stood for for our, our the type of work that we wanted to do so we came up with push and um i was there for seven years and when i left i kind of had the same mentality you know i need to come up with a cool right unusual name and it was it was either black beans and rice because i'm cuban or as i'm driving around say it loud came on with james brown and i you know i like his music it's like that's That's perfect perfect. that's really (laughs) perfect the name of the podcast is a play on my last name Uh but um it's dub your mind so dubbing is kind of a play on recording nice so my last name is Will Fong, so it's W and then mine. Cool. Yeah. I, I came right. up with a name, I was just messing around one night, and I was like, that'd be a, that'd be a fun uh, rap name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a yeah. rapper. So no, that's cool. It's um, got to be unique, man. That's, yeah. you got to stand out somehow. Definitely got to stand out, especially in art and yeah. especially advertising. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not, it's a fun business mm-hmm. if if you find the right mix of clients right uh they all can be fun like we have you know a pretty good mix of clients that let us do our thing and then others are more strict gotcha. you know, more business to business which we still try to do creative stuff for them and do things that their industries are not used to but uh, right you know it, it becomes a challenge sometimes but it's okay. still fun for us to try to to break something different in in that type of kind of boring right. industry you know how long have part. you guys been in this spot I mean in this spot I bought this building in 2007 okay and before that I was a uh, 1221 which is that vegan place oh, okay yeah uh, it's like a little market I don't know the the name of it but uh, I was there for like four years oh, okay and then when this came uh, up for sale uh, I just took a chance and, and bought great. it then the economy crashed and yeah. it got really scary quick. I bet. You know, because my, I think my uh, rent went from 1500 to almost 7000 a month. 1500 for this <laughs> In place. one month. Holy no, for the other one, oh, for the okay. little place. But then oh, when wow. I bought this one, you know, it skyrocketed. Oh, so, but it's worked out, so, I'm, you know, no regrets. Right. So, um, we've never met. Mm-hmm. Unless we are out at a function again. We're Facebook friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever that means. Yeah. Um, but uh, what is your background in advertising, or is it in design, or? I um, I wanted to be an architect when okay. I was in. You know, after graduating from high school, I, I really wanted to be an architect. And gotcha. Took all the prerequisites to to lead kind of into architecture because I couldn't afford to go to UF right off the bat so I started going to UCF gotcha um, and by the time I got to like the really hard math classes I'm like <laughs> I don't think architecture is going to be for me so I'm like you know fuck it I'm out of here and as I'm walking to my car I see School of Fine Arts I didn't even know UCF yeah. at a, a School of Fine Arts you know so I went in there and talked to the dean and he said, yeah, we have photography and graphic design. And, That's great. Uh, 
engraving at the time, which, you know, hmm. I mean, I don't know how many people go out there trying to get an engraving degree, right. but they just had a really cool sculpture. They had a really cool mix of, of different design and uh, I signed up and, you know, the end is, I mean, the, the so story you, starts there. So you got um, a degree in graphic design? I had a, a degree in fine arts okay. with a minor in advertising. Oh, okay. Uh, but to be honest with you, I was telling somebody the other day, it's like, I had no clue what advertising was at the time. Oh, yeah. my, I was so driven and focused to be a, a architect that I had no idea okay. that there was all these other options, you know? So when, when I started doing design classes, it opened up a whole new world. And, oh, that's cool. You know, luckily I, I, I was decent at it and my teachers were, uh, were very encouraging, like, you, you have talent, you know, you need to keep developing it, so. Uh, That's great. It, my, it worked um, out pretty good. My high school art teacher went to that school. To UCF? In, yeah, the visual arts one, back in, uh, like, I don't know, the early 80s. Yeah. yeah, I started in, I graduated from high school in 78. Okay. And I think we were still, uh, FTU, Florida Technological yeah, University. Yeah, that's what it was when he went. And, uh, you know, they were just known basically for engineering. That's why I had no clue that gotcha. that they even had, you know, a fine arts program. But he was teaching at Lake Sumter and he was doing like the traditional graphic design. Yeah. The, basically drafting. Yeah, <laughs> drafting. That, yeah. That's how I got interested in, uh, gotcha. in architecture. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, what drove you to go into advertising you said you didn't really have the um, when I was in school I got a part-time job at a printer a small printing shop uh, it was called Fort Gatlin Press down okay. in, by Gatlin and Orange Avenue and I saw how cool it was that you know all these different clients um, needed logos and brochures cool. and all this stuff and I'm like I think I can do that you know and at the time I was just like helping out in the pre in the press shop in the back, you know, sweeping or cutting brochures right. and things like that, just kind of learning the ropes. Um, and eventually they kind of let me start playing around with some of the designs. Oh, that's great. And, you know, so what I was actually learning at the print shop was more relevant to what I was learning in school. Oh, okay, yeah. Because, you know, and the, the, our teacher at school, unfortunately, was a little outdated, like he was 20 years behind in technology. Yeah. <laughs> and even with that, UCF graduated a lot of really good creative people. Yeah. Uh, because it was, you know, I don't think creative is one of those things that you can learn. No. So people knew that that was kind of the only option here in town. And there was Ringling in uh, Sarasota, but that right. was like really expensive. Yeah. And so a lot of the, some of the better people in town that are designers and, and uh, art directors, creative directors, uh, went to the UCF program, even though it wasn't ideal at the time. Gotcha. It's evolved and it's really good yeah. now, but at the time it was really, you know, basic gotcha. crap. Um, I just had Thomas Thorsbecken on um, uh -huh. and he was doing traditional animation when Disney started transitioning into digital, I mean, uh, in the digital yeah so like um did you have this a similar thing where like i mean not 
I know you had it because it transitioned pretty quick, but um, how well were you able to transition from? I mean, I'm old. I, I just turned 60. So I, okay. when we when I started working at the print shop and going to school, we were doing things like there was no spray mount. It was all wax gotcha. you know, to put to lay like the type on paper. We had oh, yeah, to run right. it through this wax machine. Uh, Ruby list. Uh, we had to separate anything that was four color. Oh, you yeah, have to right. do four plates. You know, now everything's digital. You hit a button and it's yeah. done for you. Um, and then we progressed from that to the digital computer thing. I, I want to say Apple came into our world maybe early 90s. Okay. I, can't, I can't really date it, but that's kind of gotcha. when... And, then, you know, at the time it was only for like typography. Oh, okay. Computers were starting to kind of move into graphic design and, and like anything else you know at first you resist it it's like yeah you know oh it's just a machine i can't do better than a human thinking you know and <laughs> right you know then the same thing happened with photography it's like yeah. that struggle of film versus digital you know so yeah. i've been through all of that stuff and uh i was intimidated at first but then you see how easy it is and yeah. convenient when it works obviously obviously like the uh you know, when the server goes down, you're you're fucked, basically. Definitely. We can cause, right? Or yeah. is it PG? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't keep it clean. So. Me either. Uh, so that, you know, that whole transition was really, really interesting. And, you know, back then you almost had to be an engineer to work the, the gotcha. computer programs and all that stuff. So it was a really long time to, to learn everything and, yeah. you know, where it became... Uh, almost as easy as what we were doing before. But oh, that's great. As, it's always, you know, it's where it works out in the end. Right. It Same is. with photography. I'm, I'm kind of a closet photographer, but yeah, I resisted for the longest time to go from film to digital. And now it's so freaking easy, you know. It's you know, so much easier. And then so, the, the phones are getting much better. Yeah. That's why I got the 10 when I got it, because... It's so much it pays better. for itself, you it know. Does. If you're doing the kind of stuff that you're doing, it it really is worth the the extra money. And, oh, yeah. You know, in our industry, idea is king. So, you can have all the latest technology in the world. If if your ideas are shit, they're gonna be exactly. shit, no matter how good you make them look. You know, it's like that in fine art too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, like uh, with the digital and film thing, I I like film. And I have, I have this theory about why film is better. Mm -hmm. And it's, the film is like capturing the actual image on something, the light. Right. Where the the camera is a computer's representation of it. Right. You know what I mean? It so, makes you feel like it's something out in the air. Like yeah. there's no, you know, until you exactly. download the files. It's like, yeah. I remember the days when we had to process, you know, the slides. We would do yeah. these photo shoots in the Caribbean and come back with 200, you know, rolls, rolls of film. <laughs> wow. And it was always nerve wracking because you had to go through x-ray machines at the airport. And yeah. You never knew, you know, if it was going to work or oh, not. Man. And we had to put them in these x-ray protective bags and, you know, it was just too stressful. Or now you shoot something, you look at it and you can adjust the, you know, the aperture or yeah. whatever. So I have a 7D and it, you know, that's an older camera, but I still, it still takes great pictures, yeah. and I use that for all my prints. I'm sure you get weird looks when you go in with a roll of film, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I, Colonial Photo is the only place where you can I think so. actually process it. I think so. I, don't, yeah. I think Harlan might. 
Yeah. Harmon, I think, do that, do that too. But I haven't been to Harmon since they moved. Yeah. I still have a, a Nikon F3, I think was the last one that I actually bought. Wow. And it's a monster. I mean, it, it looks like it had a auto winder and, you know, oh, wow. it was like freaking this big. Had to work out to carry oh, that freaking yeah. camera around, but <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. So um, you're from Cuba? Did you yeah. Move, when, did, when did you uh, move here? Uh, I was born in Cuba in 59. Okay. My family came. Uh, we were able to leave oh, through the Honduran time. embassy. <laughs> as soon as Castro took yeah. over, we got the hell out. And my dad's family was in the lumber business, uh, and they were they did a lot of business in Honduras and Central America because okay. they have it's mountain after mountain after mountain. And oh yeah, right. Honduran mahogany is one of the better known woods in the world. Okay. So we were we were able to get asylum, and I lived in Honduras till I was about twelve. Oh wow! And came to the U.S. in '71, so okay. I consider myself a Floridian. Yeah, but I have you know interesting background because it's like a, I still have this really strong Cuban heritage, but I feel a lot of love for Honduras because that's kind of where I grew up and oh yeah, right. Learned like to play the soccer there. And learned the, you know, yeah, it was a good. Uh, second experience and then the u.s is you can't get better than that we have yeah. a lot of problems but <laughs> as far as freedom and and all that stuff oh, yes. and you know any immigrant being able to to make it to the top right uh, it's really hard to do it i'm like man if arnold schwarzenegger can come <laughs> over here and become a good action like that right? <laughs> <laughs> anybody i mean where else would that happen yeah. <laughs> nowhere very little yeah yeah <laughs> so um have you always been like into drawing and things like that? You know, I'm, I'm terrible at drawing, oh, yeah. believe it or not. I, I can, <laughs> it, it, I, have, I always tell this story because it's, I was at UCF in a drawing class and we had uh, live models, mm -hmm. right? And there was some dude, young guy, and he takes off his clothes and I, I didn't take drawing seriously at all because okay. I knew it was just a credit for me, you know, I just, I want to get through the class and move on to something else. And I really sucked at it. So I'm drawing this guy and he starts to get an erection. Oh no. <laughs> so this thing is going up and down, up and down. So I drew uh, like a time lapse on, on my drawing and the teacher got so pissed at me. It's like, That's crazy. you're not taking this class seriously. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, you said to draw what we see, right? And this guy's, Constantly getting an erection, oh, you know? <laughs> so that didn't go very well. So I think that's why I kind of gravitated towards design because okay. I could just take elements of different things. And on my design, I always use uh, you know heavy on the photography end. Right. Uh, like I have a designer here who's an illustrator, so his designs nice. are based more on illustration. You know, so we all have our strengths. Right. Since I can draw, I kind of relied on the camera to, to help me out with gotcha. some of my stuff. I'm not much of a drawer either. I, I can't do it. I mean, I, I can sketch and lay things out, right. but I can't sell a drawing. Yeah. I couldn't do a drawing My, my designers laugh at me because when I give them, like if I have an idea, I just draw a chicken scratch. Yeah. And I even, even that I have to explain what it is. It's like, right. you know, what the hell is this? It's like, well, that's a person. <laughs> so, I should just go back to like stick figures. It right. would probably do a better job for sure. trying to um, grow. I was at the Lucky Lore one night and there was this guy who drew a friend of mine. And it was like a really quick drawing on um, the receipt. 
And I was like, mm-hmm. that looks like one of Picasso's gestural yeah. drawings. And I made right. his fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, dude, that was so yeah, nice. It doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> no. that's, that's why he yeah. became famous. Right. Yeah. Um, so going from um, college, where, where did you end up um, starting? Did you apprentice? My first job, I, I continued at the print shop where mm-hmm. I was at uh, Four Gallon Press for about a year. Gotcha. They're and, still here, uh, right? Um, what's that? They're still here, aren't they? I think they closed down because oh, okay. the owner decided to go into other ventures. And uh, they were down there in the, that holding plaza for the longest uh, time. Gotcha. And we used to do all the printing for Church Street Station, which at gotcha. the time was like thriving. Yeah. Um, and we had, you know, a few really good accounts. Um, okay. But they closed down after a year. I started freelancing for an agency here in town that did nothing but uh, hotels and resorts. And I had a friend that was working there and she wanted to leave and kind of recommended me for her position. And they kind of tested me out for a couple of weeks with freelance and they gave it to me so that, you know, I was there for eight years, which is kind of where I learned, you know, everything about the business. Uh, And we, I started out as a production artist and when I left, I was like senior art director, so it's, okay. it's like, you know, it was a good transition because they don't just promote you until you know the next level. Right. Um, and they have really good budgets. I got to travel a lot in oh, nice. the Caribbean, all over the U.S., Mexico, and it was all resorts. So we would go oh, okay, yeah. two, three weeks at a time with models and a photographer, and we did photo shoots, you know, for the resorts. Oh man! So it was it was a fun job, but yeah. after a while, uh, a hotel room is a hotel room is a hotel room. True. Yeah. Even yeah, and and you know, I stayed in hotels that were like legendary in the hotel industry, like the Del Coronado in San Diego. Oh yeah. I was there for like three weeks doing a photo shoot, or we would do like these really raw, basic uh, spring break hotels in Mexico <laughs> and in the Bahamas. You know where I bet you, you basically get a, a, a mattress and that's it. You know <laughs> right. these kids get drunk and tear it up. You know yeah, so. what's the point in taking care of it? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so then after that, I started uh, an agency from New York came to town and they kind of started recruiting. Uh, talent from a, a lot of the agents, the local agencies mm-hmm. offered us, you know, decent money, a lot more than what our current jobs were offering. Right. So I left RYP, which was the name of the agency at the time, and joined Greenstone Roberts, which was the agency from New York. Greenstone Roberts, like a lawyer, it, it, <laughs> like right, a lawyer, right? <laughs> And RYP stood for Robinson, Yesowitz, and Pepperdine. So again, oh, yeah, there, there was a trend in, in, you know, like Anson Stoner. They're still around. It was all last right, right. names. Uh, Fryham and Barr, you know, they all sounded like, like law firms. That's yeah. why when we started Push, we wanted uh, a different name than just, yeah. you know, a law firm. That makes sense. So after I left Greenstone, I was only there like a year. Uh, me and the creative director didn't get along. I just started freelancing out of my house and made more money than I had ever made, you know, working for a full-time agency. Oh, so I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> right. Uh, so I was working out of my house, but it was basically around the clock, you know, because it was okay. a one-man show. And um, uh, then we started Push about three years after that. Oh, okay. And 
you know, the rest is history. Yeah. So, RYP eight years, Greenstone Roberts one, freelanced on my own, mainly doing design work, not as much advertising. Okay. Uh, for three years, did seven at Push, and we just turned 16 at Say Aloud. Oh, wow, 16, on, that's uh, great. St. Patty's Day. Figures, another, another excuse to drink. <laughs> right. March 17th. That's great. So that's man. our anniversary date. That's so cool. Um, so, other than living here, or um, coming here when you're younger, what, what is it about Orlando that keeps you here? I think, you know, when uh, I had a lot of friends that left the market mm-hmm. for bigger agencies in right. LA, New York, London, and they, they said, you know, even though they, they were working for more prestigious, better known agencies, right. the work was pretty much the same. I mean, obviously they had better budgets and all that stuff, yeah. but they weren't really happy in those places. They just happened to be going there for jobs, oh, right. not the work. Gotcha. So I figured, you know, all my family was here in Orlando. So if, you know, it's kind of one of those, if you can't make it here, don't, you can't make it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, I like the weather. Um, yeah. <laughs> being from an island, I, I right. can't get too far from water. I started getting, you know, yeah. claustrophobic. Anytime I'm I'm in a state that's landlocked, I start getting nervous. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I feel like I need water around. <laughs> but, uh, I just met a guy from France that just moved here, and uh, he was asking me about Orlando and like what I like about it. And I was like, days like today. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's I beautiful. Out. I know all the all the people that come here in the spring, and they yeah. they're like, oh, it's amazing, and then they move here in August hits and they're like right what were the fuck I went to Seattle one time (laughs) in the summer and it was like it is now in Seattle and my friends are like yeah you brought it with us don't expect it to be like this all the time (laughs) I gotta see the sun and be near water yeah so I I mean Florida's great I you know when we moved into this uh, area here we wanted to create like a a cool design district because Out of all of Orlando at the time, it was called the uh, Vimy for uh, Virginia Mills. Oh, okay. Uh, and it was kind of the, the cool, you know, gay and Vietnamese yeah. district. Like there was a lot of gay clubs and uh, Vietnamese restaurants and things right. like that. So uh, Jeff Matz, who owns Lure down the street, Lure mm-hmm. Graphic Design, he would be a good person to interview as well. Um, really well-known, great designer to me he's probably the top designer here okay. in town um so we we both move into this area kind of at the same time oh, cool. with the idea of creating like a hub for for creatives you know photographers and gotcha. things like that so that's why when i bought the building i, I kind of created a photo studio in the back yeah because uh, there was a need for that in in town and you know it just kind of it doesn't really help to pay the bills, but it gives creatives an outlet. Right. Uh, I rent it out for you know yoga and art shows and community events right. and things like that. So it's kind of a fun That's playground. Cool. Yeah, you know, there's a me. lot of you know like a couple of years ago I did the Creative City. Mm-hmm. I did it two years in a row. I did the live painting there, and um, afterwards I was walking around with a friend of mine. I was like. You know, it's really hard to make a living as a visual artist here, yeah. but the, the, I guess you could call it scene, I don't know, Yeah. 
is yeah. so amazing because they shut down that street yeah. just for a creative thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like no, it's, it's free cool. to go to. And it's like this city really embraces that. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like with food, we're becoming a yes. really well-known foodie town, you know. Yeah. So it's, I think it's the vibe. Again, I like the, the raw feel of, of this area. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they don't clean it up too much because that's when <laughs> right. the artists, you know. Yeah. Move, yeah. but uh, I think we've been pretty successful to, to kind of get people to I think, think of uh, this area as a design district. I think a lot of the um, locals, um, like the I forget what they're called, but like the neighborhood, mm-hmm. I forget. yeah, the street. Uh, that's kind of how we came street, up with Mills 50, yeah, because we wanted to name it Vimy, okay, uh, and the Vietnamese. They, they had an association of the Vietnamese. So Patty Sheehan kind of put us okay. in touch with them and said, you guys fight it out. Like I'll, I'll back up whatever, I'll back whatever you guys decide, but okay. the Vietnamese don't like Vimy because they think everybody associates it with Vietnam. Right. But it was really Virginia Mills for the intersection. Yeah. You know? So after, Probably a year of going back and forth, we all kind of agreed that Mills 50 was a good, because it, it would take you from like Virginia to Colonial, right? and then that whole area of 50, which is populated by like where uh, Snap is now, yeah. and you know, Lazy Moon Pizza and all that stuff. It's There's so much to do mm-hmm. in that area, in that intersection, that uh, we kind of gave in on the Vimy and, yeah. and let Mills 50, you know, went out. That's great. And then the director of the street program uh, said, can you guys do the branding? So all the banners and all the things that you see in this area with the Mills 50 logo, mm-hmm. we did all that. Oh, cool. Kind of complimentary to some degree, just to get people talking. Right. You know? That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the, the street manager, I mean, the, whatever they're called, neighborhood managers, I think they have a lot on their shoulders when it comes to yeah. keeping the neighborhood the way it is, yeah. you know? And, and at the, I think at the time, the, uh, what's the, Thornton Park was the only one that, that was like an official uh, street, right. you know, neighborhood thing. And then, like now you have Audubon, you have Ivanhoe, right. Uh, you have Mills 50, Soto, you know, yeah. they're all kind of multiplying, which College is a great Park, thing. College Park has probably been called College Park for a long time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But like the rest of them, yeah, they're, they're kind of new. I don't, I don't remember seeing it when I, until like, I don't know what, like, when did you do the Mills 50 thing? I think it was in right after we moved in to this building. That's what uh, I was going to say. Like we started, years. you know, all the efforts of like Patty, she and made an effort to relax all the city like signage laws and things mm-hmm. like that. That's why you see all the graffiti and wall art in this area. Yeah. Um, so I think, it, I, I, I want to say it was like 2009, 2010. That's what I was going to say, like 10 Same years. thing with the utility boxes, you know, so they're yeah. trying to do things that other cities have done. It's not unique to Orlando, but... Mm-hmm. At least they're embracing it and, and relaxing the rules right, of, right. you know, signage and all that crap. Well, every every city kind of, I mean, I was thinking about that the other day because I bike everywhere and I'm like, every city is kind of like 
laid out similarly. Yeah. Where, like, you yeah. have the businesses right up against the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. It, and the artists always gravitate to the cheap rents. Yes. You know? And, yes. And now it's, uh, we're probably becoming unaffordable, but, yeah. you know, speaking about regulations, like, I didn't want to sign out here, so I put out a flag. Right. And the city, like, other businesses started bitching about it. Like, oh, really? And they're like, hey, this guy has a flag, you're supposed to have a sign. And Patty's like, you know, don't listen to them. We're, we're that's like the kind of creativity that we want to encourage. You know? Oh, yeah, so right. I give her a lot of credit for That for sounds like an us. HOA type thing. Right, you know? right. And that's like these guys, I won't mention names, but yeah. they were writing letters to the city. He's like, who the, who the hell is this guy? He painted his building orange and <coughs> he has a flag instead of signs. Yeah. Was, um, the whole time I'm going, you know, screw right? you guys. I'm trying, you know, we're right. trying to be creative. Definitely. I like that mentality that you have because I remember um, you always kind of have like a almost like a punk rock bohemian <laughs> mentality when when it comes to certain things. Yeah. There was something with shit I can't remember. One of the designers and you put um, things in your window that was like F U A X or something. Oh yeah, that was uh, what was the name of that branding the clothing brand? I can't American remember. something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but they were... It wasn't American Eagle. No, it was, it was the um, other one. Yeah. But, yeah, but anyway, yeah. I, was I like, always I, like that. I don't care, man. I'm old. I'm, you know, <laughs> who's, who's going to, like, come and slap my hands? Like, right? if I, the city, you know, doesn't like it, then, uh, you know, I'll take it down. But right. I'm, I'm not afraid of anything. I always like that mentality. <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of have to prove yourself first and then, you know, True. have the balls to, to kind of fall through with yeah. it. So... Um, one of my, well, when I was growing up, one of my favorite movies was SLC Punk, mm-hmm. and now I can't watch it because he, he was like this punk guy, and then he realized that he had to, like, fight it from within, you know, yeah. and he ended up becoming a lawyer, and it's like, man, that's depressing. What? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> his dad was a, a lawyer. Yes. But, like, stuff like, like, it's almost like you are fighting it from within, you know? You'd be amazed, some of the most angst, anti-establishment, you know, fuck corporate mm-hmm. designers that I knew are now working for institutions like Disney, UCF, you know, OUC, and, and these guys were angry, like you said, yeah. you know, punk rockers growing right. up, and now they're very, you know, they even got like MBAs trying oh, wow. to, you know, fit in the corporate world, yeah. so it was like... Did you ever get any education in uh, business? No, no. I, I mean, when uh, after after architecture, I thought math was gonna be, you know, a big block keeping me from from being an architect. I enlisted in uh, business administration, thinking, you know, that'll be easier. At least yeah. I'll get a base of a little bit of everything. Well, the first two classes were accounting and statistics. I'm like fuck. Here's math again. Here we you know, go. And I'm like, I. That's when I really said, screw it. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna stay with art. That makes sense. <laughs> I think, I think advertising is probably the best side of business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like, um, so what we do, and the company I work for, we finish this the things that they build and make them look like they're supposed to. Right. Right. So. We're like the cool kids in mm-hmm. the, in the company, you know. Yeah. And it's like you guys are the cool kids in business. Yeah. You know, 
Uh, yeah, we we uh, and people want you to be cool and different. Yeah, you know, like one time we were meeting with a bank, and my partners at Push are like, "Yeah, you got to wear a suit." I'm like, "I'm not wearing a fucking suit." <laughs> and you know, I was a creative director, so I'm not. I'm gonna wear whatever the hell I want. Right. We walk in, and all the other people except me were wearing a suit, and they're like, "What the hell are you guys doing wearing a suit?" We expected, you know, jeans and black t-shirts and things like That's that. So, so they. You know, different industries are supposed to behave differently, right. and creatives are expected to be a little, you know, a little yeah, nutty. So definitely, it works in my favor. We are definitely nutty. Yeah. A part of it for sure. <laughs> you know, I'm Maybe. not. I knew I wasn't going to be a type to wear a, a tie or have to shave every day and all that. For sure, not for me. <laughs> me either. It worked out. It's funny. I just sent a picture of it from Brian because he always comments. Um, I'd say like. I don't know, I've only done like 12 interviews, but like probably seven of them is with bald beard guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm one myself. I got beard envy, man. I can't grow mine like that. No? Yeah, I have a really cool beard. Thanks. I wish I could grow Thanks. it like that. It's, mine just stops. It gets to a certain point oh, and then... That's crazy. Maybe because I'm old. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I used to shave every day. I worked at Publix for 12 years. Oof. Yeah, and I just shaved That's got to be tough. Yeah, it wasn't fun. That's like the least creative. Have you place. seen um, David Letterman lately? Oh yeah. yeah, he's got a huge like yeah. grizzly Adams beard. When probably I the same thing. Yeah, you probably have to shave every day. For, right uh, for work. Um, when I first left Publix and it got that way, um, John Glassman, you know John mm-hmm. Gardner, he does he's a he's a he does um glass like he has a glass. Um, car glass com- company, uh-huh. but he also does art with glass. Oh, cool! And um, I think he did the the thing on um, the um, center. Okay. That round yeah, thing out there. I think he did yeah. that. But um, he he actually called my beard a David Letterman beard. Nice. <laughs> yeah, man. I like David Letterman's show. Oh, it's it? amazing! Amazing! Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if they're gonna do another season. It's really interesting. It's got a it's got a loose format, and all his guests are really interesting he picks people. Them. I mean, it's yeah. great. I think uh, I mean I saw Obama, George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the girl in Veep? Oh. Um. Anyway, the comedian. Yeah. But it's yeah, he's Tina he's Fair. got a yeah, he's got a good uh good formula for yeah. it. You know, especially after retiring and. Right, doing something cool like that. I notice I like I watch a lot of music videos, like um, live performances. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I watch I, I put on live performances when I'm painting yeah. instead of regular. I don't know, maybe it makes me feel like I'm not alone. Right, right. Because <laughs> there's actually talking. <laughs> yeah. And his live performances on his show were like the best. Yeah. He had the coolest people, the 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 hippest. Um, fans, everything was yeah. just cool. No, he's and really fun guy. Now that he has that show, I'm like, yeah, that's the guy he was. Mm-hmm. He just kind of had to stick to a different format. Yeah. Where now I can see that he was a different dude yeah. behind behind closed doors, and he always wanted like cutting edge and hip yeah. things going on, but he couldn't. <laughs> no. Obviously, he's, he's hilarious. Yeah. His pacing and comedy cadence is great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm seeing a lot of awards over here. Yeah, you know, in our industry, um, 
you know, like any industry, like the, the Academy Awards and all that. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, part of the, like I've, n- I've never thought that winning awards is work for us as agencies to get clients. Right. Because there's a percentage of clients that kind of keep track of that. But, um, you know, even after winning all this stuff, I, I've never thought, like, I'm the shit. You know, <laughs> to me, you keep, like, people, students ask me all the time, like, when did you know you made it? You know, and, and to me, I, every day is a learning yeah. experience, you know. Right. So, as long as you don't start, you can win awards, but as long as you don't start believing it, that you're better than gotcha. the other people in the industry, it's almost like, hey, thank you for recognizing my work, but I know there's a lot more talented people out in the audience Absolutely. than with me. You and know, so. the, the funny thing about that, too, is when you start focusing on awards, you lose what got you the award. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like and instead of like trying to better yourself for the thing that actually got you the award, you're yeah. just trying to... And there's so many award. levels. Like, you know, there's local awards and then it, you can win a category there and they, they send it to higher levels of mm-hmm. national, you know. So if, if you can make, like Jeff Matz of Lure, he's, he's been in a lot of national okay. publications and awards and things like that that are way more respected than some of the local stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we have a little bit of both, but again, it's just like a nice thing to have. Yeah. Uh, it's very good to motivate the troops and designers to do more creative work because they hear right. their names when they're presenting, you know, some of these and I make sure that I give credit where credit is due and all that. Right. But uh, it's a good recruitment tool for young creatives coming up. Gotcha. When they go to these award shows and they hear, you know, your name yeah. coming up over and over again. But uh, at the end of the day, some of them make really nice door stoppers, really. <laughs> it really don't, don't mean much other than, hey, you, you did good that year, you know. And right. I always tell people, when you look at our website, the work that we put in there is maybe the, the five cool projects yeah. we get in a year. You know, these kids come in thinking that everything we're doing is cool. And, yeah. you know, some of the stuff is paying the bills. Some of the stuff is really boring. Right. And, and so, you know, the things that you see that are fun are, are the ones where the clients are like, do whatever you want, or they buy into your thinking. Uh, that's what, that's the best. That's what, it's like creatives need that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely need that. I mean, I can, I can go and just do some mediocre thing like wood grain, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and if you've never done it before, it is difficult, but I'd rather go and figure something out, yeah. you know, it's like... Without expecting an award, right? right? You're just right. having fun in the yeah. process and all that. Like, we call our department the creatives. We're not artists, we're creatives. Right. Yeah. And artists pace. Artists, like, my, my um, team leader, he does not like artists. <laughs> I mean, he's really? an artist, but he doesn't <laughs> like art. He doesn't like right. hiring them because... They're, they're so like, oh, I'm an artist, I'm gonna put me in this and that. Yeah. And it's, in that world, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different types too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you have your starving artists who are really, really talented and they really don't make any money yeah. when they should be. Then you have other people who are not as talented but they know how to market themselves. Yes. And they make a shitload of money, and the the quality of the work is yeah. like 
mediocre, you know. Um, and then you have the psycho artists who are, so, we're all very insecure. We're never ever happy yes. with the res end result. But some of these people are just, you know, like they take it really seriously and that's when, you know, drugs kick in and right. depression and all that. So it's, that's the way I've so been. many layers to the, the whole art world. That that's actually what really I've been for the last few years. And then last year I, I switched, I turned the switch and just said, I'm going to try to make myself happy with my just art. Just have fun, yeah. you know, if and people like it fine. If they don't, then, you know, screw you. Right. I don't like <clears throat> having it around right. <laughs> my own art. Yeah. I don't hang my own art in my place, except <laughs> one painting. You know Cake Marquez? Yeah. So um, he gave me a painting for my birthday a few years ago because we were in an art show together and we both painted something similar. Mm -hmm. And it was two figures. And he's like, I don't want to separate them if it doesn't sell. I'm going to give it to you. So he gave me... <laughs> His, his piece, so my piece and his piece hang together. Nice. But that's the only piece of art that I have of my own that's in my apartment. Cool. <laughs> Do you find in your, in your category that there's a lot of backstabbing or is there a friendly competition? I'd say... <clears throat> I know you're supposed to be asking the questions, but I'm just interested. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. I, I, I keep this more of an um, informal mm -hmm. um, interview. I did have an interview recently where it was like, Yes. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, oh, those are not fun. No. But, um, yeah, like, I'd say there's a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the other. <laughs> like, more on one side than the other. Right. Because there are a lot of artists that, I don't know, like you said, they are mediocre, mm -hmm. but they know how to market themselves. Yeah. And... They don't necessarily do the backstabbing because they know what they're doing. It's the other ones that are like, screw right. this guy. Where it's like, I mean, go out there and do it yourself. Go out mm -hmm. there. I mean, I, I've i heard a lot about like Andrew Spear doing that, right. right? Like people are like, why do we have to have so many Andrew Spear murals? It's like, because he's going out there and getting them. Right. Go out yeah. there and get them. Yeah, you. <laughs> If you don't like it, do something better, or, yeah. you know? Go out there and do it. Like, learn how to market yourself. Exactly. Market. I, I know a lot of full-time artists and... Um, artists are terrible business people. They are. We suck yes. at business. Yes. Um, most of the full-time artists that are making, paying their bills with their, especially fine art. Right. Um, they say that 80% of it is marketing and business. The yeah. rest of it is actually painting. Yeah. <laughs> or no, it's sculpting true. or whatever they're doing. It's true. It's not an easy way to make a living. No. But it's very rewarding. Yeah. I just No, I, you know, that's that's the thing. I, there's a there's a documentary on Julian Schnabel, it's how you say his name? Yes. Yes. And uh if you haven't watched it, watch it because it's he's one of those that you know, kinda made a name for himself by doing like massive paintings yeah. and you know I don't know how he got his money but he's he's been able to um, actually enjoy the the fruits of his labor yeah. it, you know with an artist the old you know cliche is like you have to die before people pay a, right. a ton of money for your art yeah but uh, like him um, 
Damien Hurst. Damien Hurst. I actually bought a Damien Hurst piece. Really? In uh, Art Basel in Miami. Oh, interesting. So I collect skulls and okay. I saw one of his pieces. It's only like this big. Mm-hmm. But like, like 18 by 18, 20 by 20. Yeah, and like it's that. a hologram. Oh, okay. So it's, you know, the actual piece was a skull, like a real human skull. And they put, I want to say, like half a million of di- worth of diamonds oh, yeah, on it. So anyway, I'm walking around Art Basel and I've been going for, I want to say since 2006. Okay. And never bought anything because it mm-hmm. was like, you know, really expensive and all that. But anyway, um, I finally broke down and, and paid like $3,500 for a, like a, you know, Damien Hurst. Like, I don't know if it's like a limited edition or whatever, but it's like just to good. say, just to say, I own a Damien Hurst. Right. You know what I was going for. Right. So, are you a big collector of art in general? I like, I like to collect a lot of the locals. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Karen Russell. Are you familiar yeah. with her? Yeah. I have uh, probably more of her pieces than anybody okay. else, and you know she's brilliant, like yeah. brilliant, uh, but. Again, terrible with business. Yeah. And like, she's a true starving artist. Like, yeah. really talented. Like, she should be a millionaire by now with, so. with her talent, you know? And so, I really love her art. And uh, that's probably the one I have a couple of Andrew Spears because uh, okay. he's had some uh, functions back here in the yeah. back. Um, and we kind of do trade, you know? Like, right. I let him use the studio. And, I'll, I'll take a piece of art. That's good. Which I do, you know, with other people as well. That's cool. Uh, so I try to support, you know, some of the local stuff. The My Damien Hurst purchase uh, was probably very <laughs> instinct, you know. I was like, yeah. damn it, I got to get this thing. Cause right. I, I think he's moved on to, like, circles and butterflies and all that crap. Yeah. Which I'm like, dude, you're so well-known you're a multi-millionaire charging i think that you know some of his pieces like the uh the shark in formaldehyde yeah. you know go for like five million and so our battle in itself is ridiculous like it is you know you go down there and you see really high quality work and re- a lot of shit yeah and the pricing it's like so so you know misproportionate to to the talent have you seen that the documentary Blurred Lines about yeah the pricing yeah that's really interesting yeah and, and I've, I've always every time I come back from Art Basel I say I want to have a show back here and yeah. call it Fart Basel <laughs> where I get you know a lot of artists to submit work and just price it like you know 15,000 for that's great and, <laughs> that's great and you know it's like the shit you see in Art Basel is like a toaster in the middle of a yes. room with like a, a hose or something running out of it, you know. Right. You look at the price, seventy five hundred. Like, come on now, you who's, can, who's buying that? Right. Yeah. But just to have a, like a goofy, you know, art show like that, just see That'd be fun. what idiot shows up. The first, you know, pays like a big. Uh, the first big art show I was ever in here in Orlando was in twenty ten, and it was noon night. Yeah. And I I did um, a photogram. You know what that is. Mm-hmm. So I did a, a life-size photogram of a girl right. laying on the paper. So I laid it out on the floor, did the whole thing, put it through the dark room, and I didn't want to sell it. Right. 
because it was the first time I ever showed anything and it was a unique piece. So I put six grand on it and I was like, let's see what happens. Please tell me it's old. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, but why not? You know, yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, that would be weird though. Like, what would I go, where would I go from there? Yeah. You know, it's like, like you art. see things that are a white canvas with stencil black lettering on it. Yeah. And it's 75,000, you know, and it's, it's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, good for the artists if they can get it, you know, because right. when you go down there, you hear all these famous people who, who are art collectors right. and they, you know, they drop that kind of money on that kind of stuff, but damn. I love seeing um, people that I respect that are more of a um, fine artist get, mm -hmm. get like sales like that. You yeah. know? There was one, I usually just go to Scope yeah. When I go down there. Oh, it's good for inspiration for yeah. any artist. You yeah. Know? And um, Audrey Kawasaki, um, she sold like five pieces for like 15 grand each. Nice. You know? Yeah. And it's like, she deserves it. Right. The guy with the toaster. Right. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. so much. <laughs> um, I don't want to like put you on the spot or anything, but are there any um, people around here that you like a little more than others as far as artists go in in advertising or art 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 i know you mentioned karen russell yeah i mean karen is probably and you know it's unfortunate she moved out of town but yeah. uh i haven't seen her post anything in a long time i know uh, i think last time we checked in she came to town we had lunch she was heading to nantucket uh, somewhere up there such a, and I haven't seen her such a nomad yeah <laughs> I haven't seen anything from from her in a while I always so get excited when she's going. painting though yeah because a lot of it seems like she goes through periods of not doing it yeah so and I'll you know like she before she was thinking about moving up north uh, she didn't have a place to stay I'm like you know come to the studio just paint and whatever you paint is my rent. You know, like you can oh, stay here and do whatever. <laughs> See, but she, we were able, never able to coordinate it to where it would get to. You're that basically point, a you patron. Know? Yeah. Like back in the Renaissance. Yeah, I, I love. You know, I, I could have been one of the Medici family, or you know, one That's of those so people. If I had a ton of money, I, I, I wish I could turn this place into a full time gallery. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's very Patrick Kahn from Snap and I had talked about it at one point, but he, you know, kind of suggested doing what he's doing at Snap, like full-time art and yeah. that's it. And I have so much going through here that, you know, one day can be a photo shoot. Right. Next day can be, like, we just had a couple of guys from Israel mm -hmm. that came in for a week putting stuff together for a trade show at the, uh, you know, convention center. Oh, okay. And they came in with like massive crates and they yeah. were back there like two really cool dudes and like how did you hear about us and say so we just googled you know studios in orlando and they were like super nice and respected the space oh that's cool and you know so i like the the variety that yeah. i get back there with the different things that that people like you know whether it's yoga or a photo shoot for a sports brand or right. whatever it is you know it's good to see the, the variety yeah there's a lot of variety in Orlando yeah. and that's that's what really started this podcast is so many people come here mm -hmm. but a lot of a lot of us 
support each other yeah. instead of the support coming from the like the I, I just had um, Terry Olson on mm-hmm. and he said that the the tourist tax helps a lot with the art yeah um, but I know he does grants and yeah. things like that right Tom, Tom, yeah, once but, a year. Um, the tourist tax brings a lot of money in for the arts and um, that's great but I, I, I wanted to kind of have another medium mm-hmm. for people to find information about art and artists yep. and the creative peoples in Orlando because so yeah. many people are coming here you would think that there would be a little more I don't know like interest right because we're very much supported by each other <laughs> yeah no it's yeah. true that's why I was asking you about the uh, the backstabbing because uh you know, even in agencies, there's there's some that are very territorial, very protective. But when when you've grown up in this business and you you know who your friends are, yeah. You know, and, uh, there's some of us that are friends, and others that you know who to stay away from because yes. they're they're gonna they're out there for to fuck sure. you, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They're only in it for themselves. Yeah, and I mean, to an extent, you have to be a little bit. Yeah. Like, you have to make sure that you're good before it's, like, the airplane thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, no, it's, but like... It's like, I, a lot of people don't like Andrew, and I, you know, I think he, again, he's found his niche, and, you know, he's making money at it, mm-hmm. and uh, he just comes across as being very abrupt and cocky and all that stuff, and he can back it up. Like, I've never had any issues with him. Exactly. But once you get to know him, you know that he's just a goofball. You know, yeah. he just likes to fuck with people and have a good time. And I think all know, of people take it like, too serious. It's like, relax, man. This guy's just trying yeah. to make a living with his art, you know? People take me way too seriously. Yeah. They do, and it's funny. <laughs> and once I realize it, it's like fuel for it. You right, know? right. It's fuel to fuck with people. Yeah, no, <laughs> it is. It's like, oh, you, you don't get it. All right, let's see what I know, how far I can go with this. Yeah. Life is too short to be angry at right, other right. people or trying to, you know, just live and have a good time. I was just at Hard Rock Hotel yesterday and I did not realize how much he did there. Yeah. I was like... And he's oh. getting a lot of a lot of good projects. Yeah. You know, and again, more power to you. And his work, like... Like, I've really mainly just seen the murals, right? It's so tedious. But I mean, the guy has the patience of a fucking saint because there's like, I could never do it. No. When he was doing this thing out Mm -hmm. here. Oh, yeah. I mean, 90 degree weather and he's out there sweating his ass off on scaffolding and, you know, just. Yeah. You know, he gets help from time to time, but it's like, damn, that's a lot of dedication. My team leader helped him with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know. We just have to be more, uh, like you say, supportive of the community because everybody is, is struggling. And if if you're really that good, then prove it to me. You know, yeah, don't, exactly. don't trash talk if your work looks like shit. Yeah. A lot of, like, not to get away from local, but um, Maynard from Tool, mm-hmm. a lot of people say the same thing about him. They're like, he's kind of a dick. And it's like, well, he kind of has... Uh, earned that right <laughs> like like he's got three band three successful bands in a winery that's successful he doesn't yeah. have time to just you know be everybody's friend right. and everybody's the nice guy nice guy yeah. exactly you gotta you gotta be like look 
this is me. I got to do this. Yeah. Sorry. Take it or leave it. <laughs> Take it or leave it for sure. Yeah. Um, so you mainly do you do a lot of creative things and you rent the space out, right? That's like yeah, we run the ad agency out of the front here. Okay. It looks uh, like an ad agency. Seven, eight people. Uh, and, you know, we do from websites to uh, TV spots. Okay. Everybody thinks print is a dying art, but, you know, we still do some print. Uh, right. I think the industry is kind of gravitating towards video and, and digital. Yeah. Where's, where the future is. People don't read anymore, so <laughs> right. they have to be entertained. If it's not a, you know, 30-second video, they're... Right. Even when you see three minutes on a video, you're like, ah, that's yeah. too long. So our attention yeah. span is is getting shorter and shorter. Right. Um, and, you know, that's kind of the evolution of, of the mentality of, yeah. of the world, really. Well, like, I actually, I, I, I kind of am interested in everything, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of people can say that, but I, I am interested in literally everything. And one thing I read recently was that the attention span is going so getting so small mm-hmm. that you're starting to see things like the um, Old Spice commercial. Yeah. Right. It's you're starting to see that everywhere. Right. Where it's like a snippet here and then a snippet here and then a yeah. snippet here, all in the same thirty second spot. And yeah. a lot of people are saying that's because the attention span is so slow. I mean, so small. Yeah. You know. Well, we've gone from. Like the standard is a 30 second TV spot. Yeah. That's kind of what the industry used to be. Then 15, we're now six seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, when you put stuff on YouTube, on uh, Facebook and Instagram and right. all that, like six seconds is becoming like the new, you know, before you know it, it's going to be one second. Interesting. So it's gonna, they're just going to flash a logo and you're yeah. out. You know? Almost like subliminal. <laughs> subliminal. So we started out. But other brands, <laughs> other brands are going totally the opposite. Like Jetty and uh, BMW, they're doing like long form films, okay. almost like short films, where you know it could be fifteen minutes, or even forty five. Like if you have a, if you get a chance, go to the Yeti uh, website, mm-hmm. and they have all these stories of surfers and outdoorsmen, oh, and they cool. create like a mini documentary on these people, and it's fucking fascinating. It's like it's so entertaining and the way they do it is they barely do product placement you know like oh. those, the, my favorite one is his uh, skier in Alaska okay. the guy's like a total hippie he wears flip flops in the snow <laughs> he li- he's like a hermit you know he lives in a little like shed basically and in the whole segment all you see is one cooler when he walks into this shed that looks like a you know hoarders oh that's he's got shit everywhere and there's like a yeti cooler like that's stuck in the corner you know and it's so it's not like they're pounding you with you know buyer coolers buyer coolers it's just like kind of a little hint but uh they're going out and finding like really interesting you know outdoorsmen and and people that are like surfers you know and things like that that are it's almost like selling the the person more than it is a product Right. You know, and like people are more interesting than products, so that makes sense. Yeah. You know? And the fact that, you know, they use a 
a cooler like that for exactly to keep their fish or whatever it is that they're doing. This cool behind. guy has this cooler. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at him, you're like, how the hell can he afford a Yeti? You know, because they're not cheap. <laughs> like, he looks like a hippie, and, you know, he's dressed like one. He's, he's like a total recluse, and it's like it's amazing. Well, there you, you can go into four dimensions. Then he he really is that guy, and yeah. he got paid by that Yeti. Yeah. Like they paid him in that Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> he probably lived, he can probably live for 10 years with what Yeti paid him. Yeah, right. Do, like, <laughs> a three minute film of yeah. him. Do you, um, do you think you guys have a, um, specific, like we, artists strive to have styles. Mm -hmm. That's like the one thing that we have a hard time with is finding a style. It takes longer than anything else. Yeah. Like most of the time people will ask, I just had someone ask me yesterday, how long did it take you to do that? And it's like, it's taking me a lifetime to do that. Yeah. You know, it may take me um, 20 hours to put the paint on the panel, but it's taken a lifetime. All the knowledge that you've been building yeah. up. Um, do you feel like you guys have a, have a certain style or is it just like well, your, when your personality? The behind personality it? behind, like say it loud, when I first started, everything that we were doing was kind of, like I, I did away with titles. I called everybody a creative activist. So it was more like a, a revolutionary smart. movement, you know? Yeah. Like our website was like street people holding signs and oh, we awesome. had a really cool vibe and, and we went away from like having something really slick to being more illustrative and gotcha. kind of street raw, you know? I didn't want people to think that we were like an agency in the US, so I, I always wanted Stripe to do like an international feel. Right. Uh, like we could have been in Amsterdam or London yeah. or you know, some, some of the better known Barcelona, some of the better known cities around the world. So intentionally off the bat, we did a lot of things that were not like the norm. Gotcha. In our industry for, you know, a local agency. Okay. Uh, it's really hard to play in the same playground with these big agencies that have a you know, fuckload of money yeah. to do whatever the hell they want. So, right. But even with those little things, uh, we got a little bit of international recognition. Like I hired, I collaborated with a, a really well-known illustrator. Her mm -hmm. name is Luba Lukova to do my logo. And she was doing a lecture here in town and I had just left. Uh, push and I was kind of one of the people organizing her lecture oh, and okay. just by chance uh, me and her were early for the breakfast to plan out her lecture and all that mm -hmm. so we started talking and I told her the name that it was going to be say loud yeah. and I told her the whole message of you know being revolutionary and, and trying to do things like right that were more uh, like street raw and, and things like that and I said as a matter of fact I really love your style so would you help me design my logo and she's like sure you know oh, which I thought fantastic. I mean this lady is like world famous yeah. uh, and we she sent me like three drawings and I picked one and we kind of fine-tune a couple of things yeah well I had never entered the one show which was like the Academy Awards of the advertising world. Oh, okay. And I entered one time and I got the gold pencil, which was oh, uh, wow. sitting right there, That's which so is cool. like a really prestigious award, you know, globally. 
Because they get like 54,000 entries around the world oh, from yeah. agencies that are like really well known. And to get a gold is like, I mean, it was like, I couldn't so believe awesome. it. That I was... almost ran around stripped naked. Running around. <laughs> I was so happy, you know. I got, I was on the computer and I got the letter and I just went fucking nuts. Yeah. My wife's like, what, what? You know, she thought something. <laughs> Sadly, nobody in town knew what a, a gold pencil was. Mm. So it was really hard for me to get any, any gotcha. publicity, you know, yeah. from it. Cause here the, the local laddies is kind of the thing, you know, okay. so, um, and I had, you know, pretty much won every everything you could win with the Addies. Gotcha. And then when Dispensal came along, I was like, holy shit, this is a, like a totally different level. Yeah. But I had a really hard time trying to get any any press with the local media. Interesting. They had no clue what the hell it was. <laughs> Even when you said it's like the Academy Awards is winning like an Oscar for advertising. Right. They were like, uh-huh, sure. Yeah. Sure, we don't right. believe you. <laughs> we don't believe you. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, like education comes up a lot and that's one thing like they didn't know about it they mm -hmm. really weren't educated or they weren't no. paying attention to the and you know it's so like again like anything else if you do a good job of uh, educating them and, and kind of doing your homework and, and, mm -hmm. and letting them know how prestigious this thing is but even then they were like we're not interested but if you tell them like, we want a local Addy, they were like, you know, all over you. So, whatever. how long ago was that? The the gold pencil was in two thousand three. Okay. It was the first thing that I did as say about gotcha. you know, the new name and all that. So I bet you today you would probably get a little more. With yeah, the, with like bungalow and things like that going on, they would right. They would definitely yeah yeah. And uh, Mark. Uh, Baratelli, are you mm -hmm. familiar with him? Yeah. He used to rent space from me here. So, you know, people like him and Brandon, they're they're really yeah. good at promoting the community. Yeah. And the kind of I things that you Mark and I have on. been talking about, you know. Yeah. I should have Mark on. Oh, Mark. I just had Brandon He's on. fucking hilarious, man. Yeah. That dude is like... <laughs> uh, Brandon and my conversation was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Brandon's another one. He's, yeah. he's cool. Yeah, he's fun. But Mark is just, you know, he's a... Uh, his improvisation and all this is he would start come in and start singing at the top of the <laughs> or start twerking on tables and it was his oh man every day it was that's so great <laughs> so i imagine okay so i think i think education is probably a good way to end it because it comes up in every single conversation mm -hmm. um do you, I, i'm sure you have interns here right yeah yeah, have, you ever, to. have you ever um, like gone out and done speaking jobs for colleges or anything like that? We, uh, I try to do as much yeah. as much as I can, you know, because our field is so intimidating that yeah. when you when you have young kids coming into it, I want to let them know that it's not going to be easy, but right. it can be done, you know. And what you learn in school is just like the basic, like right. they don't even touch into what you're going to be doing. Gotcha. But, you know, I see their deer in the headlights and they're scared shit. This is like, <laughs> I, I want to let them know that it's a fun industry if you do it right and you create gotcha. a brand for yourself. If right. you find your style, it's really hard to be unique these days with yeah. all the, you know, stimulation that we have out in the world. But 
So I try to let them know as much as I can with, uh, you know, Valencia, UCF, right. Full Sail, like every school. Uh, one of our clients is Seminole State. You know, I do as many speaking engagements as oh, I that's can. Good. That's and, awesome. Uh, you know, like a while back, I was I was doing some of the national stuff too. Like okay. this uh, ad group uh, flew me out to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you know, mm-hmm. done in Dallas. Uh, the one show uh, asked me to be, a por- you know, to review their portfolios. Oh, you know? cool. So it was kind of, kind of cool to be recognized, even though I'm just an Orlando, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's I try to get back as much as I can That's to, great. to let them know that, uh, you know, don't don't be intimidated. Just kind of head down and, and well, like you said, you have a lot of you have you need a lot of persistence. Yeah. To, to make it in this field and the money comes with time you yeah. know a lot of kids graduate and they want you know to make you know six figures right off the bat but right. until you learn everybody does. until you learn the industry <laughs> yeah uh, and once you make a name for yourself the money comes really easy you know so yeah want to be encouraging rather than some of the people that I used to work for creative directors would get off on on kind of uh, being mean to the people that were interviewing you. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's like, like you said, you can't teach creativity. No. You can't. No, you can go to the best school and have the best programs, the best technology, and I think you're born with it. Like you can fine-tune it yes. from other people, you know, if you learn, but Absolutely. I could sit here for a year with the best drawing uh, teacher, and I... <laughs> I would still draw the, uh, you know, the time-lapse penis. <laughs> time-lapse penis. It's a great way to end it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. It's oh, no problem. Fun. Appreciate it. Fun. Yeah, man. Glad, glad we did it. Me too. I'm glad, right. uh, glad you're, you guys are doing what you're doing here. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. It is. It's cool. Thanks, man. Yep. This brings to a close our broadcast activity for tonight.